Well, welcome back, everybody. Welcome to episode 10 of Midlife IPA. You got Baxter here, Randy on the other side of the table. Randy, how the heck are you, man? I'm great, man. It's celebration time, episode 10. Yeah, double digits. Yeah, pretty big. Who would have thunk? Nobody. Nobody. My mom didn't. My wife sure didn't. My wife didn't. My kids didn't. <laughs> no. Full of nobody doubt. had. Nobody thought about it. No. It is for good reason. Yeah. There's a history there. Yeah. These are the people that know us. Yeah. Well, we're getting better <laughs> in our old age, right? We're getting a, more. We get stuff done. Yeah. You, well, you don't know how much time you have left, so you work pretty efficiently when yeah, you get older. That's right. Right? Um, yeah. So we have a great episode lined up. We are going to talk a little bit later to William Teasley from Conso Brewing. That's K-H-O-N-S-O. And we're going to try his Pullman Yard Porter. William has a very interesting story. Uh Randy, I thought it was pretty interesting because he was talking or he talked to us about the fact that this dream or vision or whatever you want to call it came to him in college. Yeah, that's pretty cool. A couple of buddies drinking beer yeah. back in the day. And now 20 years later, yeah, he's brewing. Yeah, I liked how he talked about where he was uh, up in Boston drinking beer like with uh, Sam Adams, kicking back on the couch. Yeah, uh, and he was always, he's always been a fan of the dark beers apparently, which yeah. isn't, isn't, wasn't cool when he right. was in college. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But before we talk to William, before we, we share that interview with you, it's time for a, a little something we call Train, train to train Distraction. To distraction. Uh, Randy, what the, what the hell was that? What? The, the train? The train, the train to Distractionville. Yeah, that's but That's the sound. It sounded like a four-year-old's uh, train whistle or something. Um, that's the only one I could find online, dude. I'm sorry. You know, I'm not. Okay. Can we form a committee to like approve this kind of shit or something? Yeah. Well, I've been drinking too. That's the problem. <laughs> There's the key. Yeah. There's the key. I thought I, you know, made progress. I thought I was, you know, doing something big there. Yeah. Don't high tech stuff. No, don't do that on your own, man. It's All dangerous. Right, let's, you know, let's leave it. And if people can write in and tell us what they think about train to distraction. Train to Distractionville. Uh, email us at midlifeipa at gmail.com. Yeah. Is that right? Let us know what you think. Yeah. Well, so what I was going to talk about, uh, it's the guy who made the pit stop. And that, uh, I don't know if it was a NASCAR, but it might have been like. Dude, I make. It, I a, make, it might have been NASCAR. Was it NASCAR? I don't know. I make lots of pit stops. This thing is badass. So this guy, careful there. So this guy is on the end, the very first pit. Okay. He's coming off the track, making his pit stop. You know, he's going 700 miles an hour. Sure. Dips down to the apron. Oh, the comes apron. Comes in, yep. Okay. And he 180s into his spot backwards. Like on a TV commercial or right. something. And then, tires, oil, gas, whatever, you know, he took a, a slug of uh, Mountain Dew. Espresso. And then, just spun it right out of there, right back into the pit lane, back onto the track. I, it is, I tell you what, man, when you watch those guys drive, you're like, okay, I get it. You go, you turn left, right? And it's just, and it's around the, and, and you don't have an appreciation for what those guys can do. Yeah. And like, I, I was being, I did that one time in the bitch and mini. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you, you drew the, the bad pit lane. I drew the bad pit lane. Yeah. Uh, the cops were in hot pursuit. Well, it makes it even better and faster. Sure. And I had uh, I had my youngest. He was throwing thumbtacks out the side window, trying Perfect. to pop the tires. But uh, no, you don't understand what those guys are doing behind the wheel of a car. And then you see something like that, and you're like, "Holy crap!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He's shaking and baking it. It's crazy. It's it, like something out of a movie. Well, it, it, one it, of the it, greatest movies. It is Talladega Nights-esque. It really, really yeah, is. totally. What was amazing about it, and I didn't see the, the video until you sent it to me, the, the most amazing thing is it's all legal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No one's, they're like, have at it, buddy. Yeah. If you can do that, boom. Yeah. They should just go ahead and give them the trophy right down there. <laughs> just give them the check yeah. flag. <laughs> yeah. You win. You win NASCAR. We quit. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. awesome. What uh, else is going on? You got a story um, for us? I do. I do. Uh, I think this has been all over the internet. This is the story of a man who gets bit on the face by a snake. Yes. And it gets caught by the little, uh, what is it, the doorbell thing that turns into a camera? Right. right. Ring. Yeah. Ring. So, uh, yeah, the guy walks up. Have you seen the video? Yes, I have. You sent me the link. It's crazy. Oh, my gosh. I loved it. Out of nowhere, man. Can you imagine how bad I, you would freak out if that happened to you? Yeah. I mean, it's like the worst case scenario, too. Just latches right into his freaking eyeball, you know? Right on the porch. Yeah. Like, you know, like... Hey bro, you ready to go to the game? Like you know, whatever. Yeah. And right out damn. of a right out of a movie or something. Holy cow, man! What a what an incredible video. Yeah, it's one of those that you wouldn't believe if if you didn't have the video of it. Yeah, right. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you saw that dude in the street and you're like, "Hey man, what happened?" Oh man, I got bit on the face by a snake. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, what? Yeah, yeah. Right after I fought off the polar bear. <laughs> Right. In Florida, <laughs> Oklahoma, wherever Oklahoma, they are. Yeah. Well, they're everywhere there. Oh, my God. Migrating. Yeah. I wouldn't believe that story if I heard it without a video. Oh, um, and also, meanwhile in Florida, oh, this, the, the this, old man that uh, ran into the cop car on his lawnmower and he gets a DUI. Do you hear this? <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's how they do it down in Florida. I, I mean, how does that, like, how drunk are you? You're going two and a half miles an hour on a lawnmower. You I hit. want to know if it was one of those like super fast ones, you know, where you steer like a you know bulldozer and oh, that thing yeah. rolls about thirty five miles an hour. Maybe. I mean, you got to get to the you got to get to the to the beer bar. The question yeah. is, did he go through people's lawns and like all the way to the bar? <laughs> there's a strip. This right. <laughs> this way to the bar. Oh, that's yeah. brilliant. I'm gonna try that one time in Florida. Next time I'm in Florida, I'm gonna go and get a the fastest lawnmower I can get my hands on. There's a lot of them there. They race them and shit. You know. Yeah. Anyway, we should have um, Sportsman Dave cover that. You know what we got? We we should have Sportsman Dave cover it, but I think we should raise the stakes a little bit. I say we go downtown Atlanta with this thing. <laughs> yes, drag racing right by Peachtree Street. Yeah, right by all the horses and carriages. One night. Oh yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Brrr, I'm gonna make a note of that. Let's do that. We can get a. Vi- we'd be you two famous. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's take a break. We'll okay. come back. We'll have. Um, I think it's um, the guy from Breaking Bad. They're making stuff in pots it's and Will, pans. No, and it's not. It's not. It's William Teasley. He is a legitimate brew guru. He's he, This dude's He's not Heisenberg, man. Okay. Get well, that, I didn't get, know. Get that out of your head. That's next week. All right, let's get a beer. All right. So welcome back to episode 10, everybody, Midlife IPA. Pretty excited about this next uh, this next segment. Oh yeah, this is going to be great. Yeah, this is for real stuff. Like, this is smart stuff. So get your notepads out and get ready for some beer stuff. 
I don't want to alarm anybody, but we have an adult in the room. Yeah, there's a grown-up here. Okay, well, that adult goes by the name of William Teasley. William is in the studio here with us, and he is a brewer, brewmaster, brew aficionado. He is brewing mass quantities, and he's going to tell us a little bit about that. And um, and he's going to talk a little bit about the other things that he does, because brewing is, is not, I think, paying all the bills just yet. Is that correct? That is exactly correct. Yeah. Uh, and everybody has to go through that phase. So, William, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, um, I really love beer. And a few years back, you hit the sweet spot. Yeah. Really, really yeah. love beer. Yeah. And over the years, I'd, I'd had an opportunity. When I was in college, I was up in Boston. I got to try Sam Adams back in its early, early days. And I was a fan of one of their stouts. And I was like the only kid in college who was drinking dark beer. Yeah. <laughs> and I got yeah, ragged I on it for it. Because <laughs> I bought a cake one time for a cake party. And they were going like, you bought dark beer. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, you know, you just haven't, your, your tastes haven't uh, yeah, you'll uh, gotten sophisticated yet. You, you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll grow up one day. Yeah. yeah. And so over the years, big, you know, hung around Sweetwater and Atlanta Bev back in the early days when they were over in Midtown. Um, and at one point, the idea of having a brewery just sort of, uh, popped into my head. I was doing some research on something related to sort of economic development. And it's like, oh, well, what if we had a brewery in our community? And I live over, I live over in Peoplestown okay. and then they had some industrial area that wasn't developed. So there was this sort of seed planted in my head. That that's something that could possibly happen, but that was re- in the really early days of craft breweries popping. I mean, this was the early 2000s. And then so a fellow was uh, parent uh, from our kids' charter school. Uh, he and I were out one night, and uh, we were drinking beer. We were talking about the beer, and I just sort of shared. I had this crazy idea about opening a brewery. He goes, "I had the exact same idea." And that was Kevin Downing. Um, and from there, we uh, Kevin brought in his friend from college who had also bounced around with this idea. And we realized we were all beer heads. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, and and from there, it was, okay, if we're going to do this, we got to learn how to make it. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's step one. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Okay, so so you've got your charter, go make beer, but we don't know how to do that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, we started really basic. So we got a turkey frying pot. We converted an old igloo uh, 10-gallon cooler, water cooler with a spigot into a mash tun, you know, a burner. And yeah. we had a big spoon that was kind of like a ladle Yeah. that was to stir the grain while oh, it was yeah. in the mash tun. Then well, we stirred it while it was in the pot. Have you seen Breaking Bad? At the end of the day, it's big pots heating up water. What we're doing now is actually something, a place where a lot of people start off, which is they contract brew. I.e., I'm going to pay someone else who has a brewery, who has all the really, really cool equipment yeah, to make it Multiple spoons. Yeah, a bunch of spoons. Yeah. Multiple spoons, tubes going from here, there, and it's everywhere. Like the internet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's spoons on the internet, but they're tubes. <laughs> they're tubes. Yeah, that's right. Um, they take a recipe we created. We do a test batch with them, figure out some 
things and then we just scale it up and then we try it. So we made, we have produced three beers, each at about 3,000 gallons, which is about 30 barrels or 60 half kegs. A barrel is 31 gallons. That's a good solid summer of uh, at the lake. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. What is the plan then? You you have now a distribution channel. You are hand delivering it to Kroger. What what's going on? How does this work? The way it's worked in Georgia was you every brewery required having a distributor. So they purchase it and then they resell it. Okay, that's their wholesaler. Um, I'll say like uh, three taverns. Their distributor is Savannah. Okay, uh, Savannah Distributing Company. And so Kroger buys from Savannah. And Savannah buys from the brewery. So let me. So if if I'm understanding this correctly, then at the point that you've brewed the the sixty half kegs of beer, it's actually predestined. Yes. Okay. So it's already sold. It's already yes. So you are rich. No. Because of because to produce it wasn't too much stutter. Like no, no, uh, no, no. That's I, why I, I still have a day job. I, uh, yeah, I'm teasing, of course. Um, but but that does actually then eliminate some of the risk, right? I mean, yes, but then there's the marketing and the sales risk. Sure. So it's a new product. Yeah. In a market where there's constantly new product. What else is it that attracts you to brewing? You mentioned just a second ago, you know, you got to do it. You got to do it two or three times and you have to play with it. And, you know, like, is it the science? Is it the, is it just the quest? I mean, the, the, the amount of paperwork and legal rigmarole that you probably had to go through to go make this happen is astounding. So it, there's something more than I love beer. What would those one or two things be? Now that we've started making it, number one, we I really dig making something that people can actually enjoy. Have you seen Breaking Bad? And number two, working with Kevin and Corby, we're often bouncing around, talking about our recipes, talking about the different beers we're tasting, wherever we may be. You know, just is it sort of that excitement around uh, making it and being around other people who are really interested in making it as well. Kevin and I approach it differently. Kevin, we call the alchemist because he goes and just finds ingredients and just puts it in there. Yeah. They call me the artist because I come up with a concept first and then I try to make the beer fit the concept. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think you brought a frosty beverage to try, yeah? Yeah. I brought a frosty beverage and another one we might try. Oh, yeah. Well, Well, let's go nuts. Um, This is the Pullman Yard Porter. So uh, over in Kirkwood, Pullman Yard for the Atlanta folks. All right. Tell us about this beer. Okay. All right. Well, it's more of an English style porter. So it's not heavy. So it's actually pretty light. So we, we, we drink all kinds of beer all time of the year. So we this is something that we actually enjoy drinking when the weather's warmer. It's still got the chocolate roasty notes as uh, going on in there, but we brewed it with uh, star anise, cinnamon, and uh, Szechuan pepper. All right, let's get okay. a shot. Yeah, right. yeah, hit it. So this is the um, Pullman Yard Porter. Porter. Pullman Yard Porter. Man, that's got flavor. That yeah, pack, pack a bunch. It's nice. It's uh, yeah. yeah, it is roasty. I like that. Yeah. But it's got a light body, so it's yeah, not. You're right. Um, you know, people traditionally look at dark beers and go like, "Oh, it's too heavy." You can actually sit out and drink this, you know, on the porch. 
Conso Brewing, yes. Pullman Yard Porter. And where can people pick it up? Are you, you, I know they, you. I know where. Yeah, tell me. <laughs> I, I, tell me, yeah. Um, my friend's growler shop actually has it on tap right now. Oh, man. So, we love those guys. Yeah, um, yeah. Good beer. Yeah, go check these guys out. Yeah, definitely. And that's so it's Conso, K H O N S O. I can't, I just want to make sure I'm saying it correctly. You're spelling. saying it correctly. Consobrewing.com. Uh, right. Thanks a lot, William. We'll talk to you next time. Uh, Randy? Yeah, thanks for coming in, man. This was fantastic. Yeah, let's take a, why don't we take a quick break and then we'll come back and uh, we'll wrap it up. How about that? Let's do it. All right, perfect. All right, so uh, yeah, that's it. Number 10, man. Number number 10 in the can. I think it's awesome. We have new sound effects. We interviewed a true brewmaster. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So what do we, you have something special for next uh, episode, right? Yeah. Episode 11. We are going to interview a gentleman that has brought cornhole to the masses. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's about time. Very interesting. I actually used to work with this individual. And he left, and then he decided he was going to go start up a, a sports league, a social sports league. And here we are, whatever, I don't know, a year later, dude's all over the place. All right, cool. I'll look forward to it. All right, check us out, uh, episode 11. Yeah, see you guys next time. Cheers. Cheers.